0: Live from the heart of Los Angeles, this is the online edition of the Life Changes Show. Look at the
1: bright lights. look at the
0: bright lights. With tonight's guest, director of the Global Consciousness Project and author of Connected, Dr. Roger Nelson. sky, look at night sky. And performance guest, Mustangs of the West. I am Mark Leisure, and now our host, the MC, the Master of Change, Filippo Voltaggio.
2: I am excited about today's entire show, actually, and I have to thank, right from the top, our contributing producer Allison Goldwyn of Synchronistry for connecting us with Dr. Roger Nelson. I understand he doesn't do a lot of these kinds of things. Uh, he's so busy with doing what he's doing, which we're gonna get to talk about, that this this feels uh, so important and, and exclusive, and I'm, I'm excited because the information that he shares is so important. So I I, I had the opportunity of, of getting to speak with our guest, And it was on a particular day that was extremely busy. And uh, I was uh, going through so many things and happily our time together ran over what we had planned and that was, really fortuitous because he just shared so much information, but it was other things that were just piling up and piling up that, that I was not so happy about. And one particular thing I, I led, I I fell into an electronic snag, uh, of something that should have worked has worked in the past, but for some reason wasn't working. And so I figured I could, uh, spend a little time just going through the research online for this particular company that I don't need to mention the name, uh, instead of calling their customer service, which I pay for by the way, but I figured I could figure it out. So I spent about an hour figuring it out and I thought, how is it that this company does not say exactly how to do this, which is something that should be easy to be done so i went ahead and just called customer service and let me tell you uh, i know this happens a lot these days but this this seemed so ridiculous uh and if it wasn't uh that i was trying to get something done and i didn't have a lot of time for this it might have been even hysterical uh well one way or the other uh, for sure uh hysterically ha- funny or hysterically not so funny so long story short over a period of one hour and 40 minutes on the phone that i spent on hold and being transferred i i, I wasn't counting but i think it was eight or nine times without exaggeration that i was transferred to another department and then holding and then another department and oh that's not and i kept asking the same question each time and uh i i got ridiculous uh, departments like uh i got billing and i and i i i know a little bit about customer service and i understand uh that maybe the department was closed. As a matter of fact, I even asked somebody, maybe the department is closed or they're slam busy that they're rerouting to hoping somebody else can help this person. I don't know what was going on. But at this point, it had been now two hours and 40 minutes because of the hour I spent previously. And I still hadn't gotten to the task that I needed to get to or come, seen the light as to whether there was even a resolution or not and i try i try to be cognizant of the fact that person number six or seven or eight has no idea how long i've been on the phone or how many people i've spoken to and so me being upset or uh, irate uh with them who who it's not their fault uh, there's a big, big, big company uh, who isn't going to help them, and it's definitely not going to help me or my heart. Or, Well, after having spoken to our guest, Dr. Roger Nelson, I had something else to think about, and that is it's not going to help the global consciousness of the planet if I get upset at this moment in time. And I really liked that, like, as if I needed another thing to stress about. But it's it's not supposed to be stressed about. It's, we're supposed to be, I feel, conscious of it. And we'll get into it in the conversation today, and you'll see more of what I mean. But though, though this is something that I tried to be conscious of and have been for a long time, uh, but now I had a new reason to think and be as compassionate as I can at times like those and at times like these, especially in the world. By the way, I got the issue resolved uh, by the company helped me resolve the issue uh, and um, and all as well. And I and I maintained that compassionate Uh moment as much as, as I could, I think I did fairly well and happy to have the constant reminder and the new reminder or the new understanding of how we affect each other. And so that's why we're excited to have this conversation. We have the director of the Global Consciousness Project, GCP, and author of Connected... Here is Dr. Roger Nelson on the Life Changes Show. Welcome, Dr. Roger
3: Nelson. Thank you, Filippo. I'm glad your situation resolved. (laughs) And that it it may have actually been helped along a little bit by your decision to be as compassionate as possible. I'm smiling. Uh,
2: (laughs) Ah, Well, thank you, because you had a big part of that. And I didn't take that into consideration. Please elaborate.
3: Well, I think there is a magic that we uh, that we sometimes intuit and sometimes experience, but we're so trained to think in scientific terms that we don't really quite understand that this magic of um, putting love out into the world, um, the, the result of which is to get love back from the world. You know, mm-hmm. it's like an, an endless and beautiful cycle compact mm. compassion if with for yourself or and compassion for other people is, is worth its weight in um let, let us say gold okay
2: <laughs> well it you do something very fascinating that most people don't know is happening out in the world and by the world i mean everywhere that we know on on the planet you have a hand in something that's happening so what are what what is being placed around the planet and what is it for
3: well the idea that i had many years ago um was to try to see if i could catch a little glimpse or a little bit of evidence relating to what Teilhard de Chardin called the noosphere. That's a layer of intelligence that's like a layer of atmosphere or ionosphere. But this one, noosphere, is made of knowing knowledge. And it ultimately is made of us. Tehar's idea was that we are you know, highly evolved creatures, but we're not the pinnacle of, of evolution, no matter that we think so. Instead, we have another phase uh, to enter and and go through and grow into and that is uh, to become this noosphere this consciousness for the earth so that um, was my my target or my goal with a lot of background that we probably don't have time to uh talk about was to see if i could use some instruments we developed in the laboratories at princeton That we are that are responsive to consciousness and intention and things like compassion and love, (laughs) and that we spread if we spread these around the world, it might be possible uh, to create a network that could capture uh, the first inklings of this global consciousness uh, called the noosphere. This sounds
2: like it would be a very sophisticated uh, piece of equipment and and interestingly enough the sophistication comes after the equipment itself is is what
3: well we use what are called random number generators they're um, a device physical device that produces an um, unpredictable sequence of ones and zeros which you can count uh electronically but my wife says if you want to explain what a random number generator is just think about a, a high speed electronic coin flipper. <laughs> Clever. Com- completely unpredictable heads and tails which are actually in computer speak called ones and zeros. So we make um we've made I mean uh, by now there are manufacturing companies that are selling these for $50. But we started building them in uh, well 25 years ago, <laughs> and uh, build enough that we can make a network spread around the world in pretty much all continents. Although we never got one in Antarctica, maybe we will. <laughs> maybe oh. we will for um, the second iteration of this project. Anyway, these instruments um, were, are designed to produce random numbers. Um, collected the random numbers, sent them to Princeton and our servers, they were archived so that we created a data history. Uh, Every second, a new trial, a new random uh, number that we would put into a database, um, every hour of every day for 25 years now, almost 26 years. So we have um, what you might call a data history that could be compared with events of importance to people in the world, and um, including events that might evoke a lot of compassion. What we found was that um, over the years, we would make predictions that our network, our numbers would uh, stop being completely random and start having a little bit of structure. It turns out that uh, that that actually does happen but the amount of structure is so tiny that we have to collect a lot of data and a lot of different tests and trials before we can be confident about the result. But over the 20, well, 15 years, of 17 years of a formal experiment, um, where, where we predict ahead of time what will happen, um, we were right uh, sufficiently often that the composite result over the 17 year old formal experiment um has a probability of about one in a trillion or one in three trillion of being just oh. a, an accident
2: wow well so random number generator that's producing ones and zeros like heads or tails one would expect i'm assuming that over a period of time 50 percent of the times it would be a one Generated and fifty percent of the time it would be a, a zero, though exactly. not necessarily sequentially. Right? It could be one 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 zero one zero 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 kind of thing. Right?
3: now yeah, you're you're a pretty good random number generator. <laughs> <laughs> but you're exactly right. There, the idea. In our in our particular application, we every second we gather two hundred of those uh, ones and zeros and count the ones, which would be very nearly hundred but sometimes 98, sometimes 112. Um, but the distribution of those numbers that were like 100 plus or minus is a normal bell curve where uh, getting very far away from the expected value of 100 it does, it just doesn't happen very often. Uh, but it can, it, it produces, it is possible that um, the mean of 100 gets can be pushed a little bit to the to the high side or low side and that's um detectable using statistics and those statistics um you, were used to tell us whether we are have captured um an an influence from consciousness or not
2: so the idea here is uh, the hypothesis or what you have found is that at particular events uh in in time uh, there that that no longer is 50 50 it'll be more of one or the other and you you're interpreting that to mean that somehow humanity has affected that
3: right um it's a if people are um interested they can go to my website which is global-mind.org and look for um, look in the menu for the science. You can read the details, but basically, what you're saying is correct. We uh, what we pr- do what we do in in the formal experiment is make a prediction that uh, be, from uh, twelve o'clock noon to six o'clock there will be a period of time during which global consciousness from responding, for example, to a hurricane or a Volcanic eruption, or maybe a, a terrible plane crash that kills everybody on board or a terrorist attack or maybe something nice like a celebration of uh, New Year's or a, a meditative gathering. In any case, uh, some event in the world that gathers the attention and the, uh, you might say, synchronized attention and emotions of a very large numbers of people. And we would predict, then, that the data during that period of time would uh, no longer be random, but instead uh, would show correlation between these devices that are separated by thousands of kilometers and and, uh, designed and built to be completely random in in the first place. So, in other words, we set up um, basically um, an experiment in which we could compare the history of events that affect large numbers of people with the history of the data in our um, ongoing continuous uh, collection of uh, random numbers. And what we found was there would be a parallel, uh, a surprisingly uh, strongly supported uh, fact in scientific terms that when people do come together, synchronized by events in the world, Uh, especially if their emotions are shared across large numbers of people, and we would see these changes in the data. And the implication of that is that we changed the data. We don't know it. We weren't trying and we weren't uh, even aware, most of us in the world, that there wasn't any such thing happening. But uh, we're able to show that in this very special circumstance of shared uh, compassion or shared love, shared anger or fear, uh, among large numbers of people, we change the world very slightly. Where the world, in this case, is these um, highly sophisticated random number gener- high-speed coin flippers.
2: So, so this has great implications. And so, when we come back, we'll we'll talk about that. Because what I'm also hearing is there's prediction in the sense of beforehand, knowing that New Year's is coming, for example, that we pre- you predict that there's going to be some kind of uh, evidence in the data that we were all co- coherent in some way, uh, then there are the, the the events that aren't predicted, like we'll talk about when we come back, 9-11, that uh, then you can predict it to, that if you go back and look at the data, that you will find something significant in it. That the consciousness experience to affect the numbers is fascinating. So That's we're going to be exactly talking. Right. We're going to be talking about that when we come back here, and and also what the implications are, or what we could do with this for the good of all of us when we come back here with our guest Dr. Roger Nelson Uh, and then a little later we're going to have our Ask Dorothy segment and then we are joined by Mustangs of the West all on the Life Changes show when we come back right after this. Want to connect with amazing people who are committed to making a difference?
0: From the Heart Tribe is a platform, community, and movement with the purpose of bringing like-minded humans together to help animals and the environment in order to gain a stronger connection and understanding of the world around us. They're dedicated to effectuating positive change by empowering individuals to organize meaningful and engaging experiences that build compassion for animals and the natural environment. Their founders' and members' passion is to inspire others to actively get involved in their homes, their communities, and the world to raise awareness about the issues we face, and most of all, to be part of the solution. Through their efforts, they have also accomplished some amazing and tangible achievements. Their pickup for Paradise beach cleanups have collected over 50,000 pieces of foreign debris. And also, thanks to animal rescue and recovery volunteers, over 30% of the volunteers have become vegan or reduced their meat intake. Daily habits make a big difference. Please join any of their upcoming events by going to FTHT.org and signing up for their newsletter. You can also follow on Instagram and Facebook at From the Heart Tribe. Have you felt inspired to meditate but you just can't? Do you suffer from anxiety but fidget toys just make you more fidgety? Want to replace negative self-talk in your head that keeps bringing you down? Introducing the latest self-help solution, Phi Beads. Transformational beaded jewelry inspired by ancient wisdom, science, math, and psychology. All five beads are designed to incorporate the powerful Fibonacci sequence, nature's mathematical formula that has shaped our existence from the beginning of time. The Fibonacci sequence, also known as the golden mean or the golden ratio, is recognized by our conscious and unconscious mind and resonates as order out of chaos like we see in plants, flowers, seashells, ocean waves, the pyramids, and in our own body. Not only beautiful, they feel good to wear. Phi Beads can help anchor tranquility, positivity, focus, and structure in your life by doing the Phi Meditation. Phi Meditation helps you harness the power of I Am for intention, affirmation, and manifestation. Affirm the life you want. Get your set of Phi Beads at PhiBeads.com. That's PhiPHIBeads.com. You are listening to a conversation that matters on The Life Changes Show. Broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangeshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter
2: at Life Changes Show. We are back. We have titled this episode Coherent Consciousness creates order in the world, order in the world sounds great. How do we achieve that coherent consciousness and what kind of consciousness do we want to achieve? We are speaking with director of the global consciousness project and author of connected dr roger nelson it's been a pleasure so far uh unfortunately we have just a short time together but he he packed so much in the implications of the of this is so great dr roger nelson uh, we i mentioned 9-11 what can you tell us about the events uh, after 9-11 when you all looked at the data
3: right uh, when we um started seeing on the television uh, that there was a, a plane had crashed into the trade towers, and then another, and then the t- towers collapsed. We knew that this was so mo- momentous, such an ima- such an, a powerful experience for huge numbers of people around the world that we would have to make a uh, identify this as an event um, and look at the data to see what the data uh, told us. And we spent actually a lot of time and looked at it in various different ways, Uh, but the simple formal experiment uh, was set to uh, look at just the period of time during which these terrible things were occurring. And it was significant. But Mm -hmm. when we explored further, we found that the data started changing some hours before the first plane hit, and it continued to change and stay... Uh, radically different from really true random data for about three days altogether. It was, um, we had never seen anything like that in the data before 9-11. And and frankly, I think that we have very seldom seen anything much like that uh, since then. But um, the implication of that was that our powerful engagement in uh, probably something like Emotions of fear and anger at the beginning, but uh, ch- turning quickly into thing into the more uh, the compassion oriented kinds of emotions. We were uh, w- we were brought together by this horrifying event to become a kind of global consciousness. We didn't know that individually. We didn't know I am now a part of a global consciousness. At least most. People wouldn't think that way, but well, we were bound together by the experience that we shared, and I think that's um, a good um, description of of what I think the overall implication of the data from uh, from things like 9/11, but also from things like New Year's. Um, I can draw a word picture of the of the amazing kind of results that we find mo- almost every year, right around midnight. Uh, People all over the world pay attention to this, even though they may have their own New Year celebration, like the Chinese New Year, which is a different date. We pay attention in huge uh, numbers, not everybody in the world, but really a very large proportion of us. uh, We pay attention to this abstract moment in time when we change at midnight from one year to the next year. And what we see in the data is that it drops down, becomes less volatile, and right about midnight, it reaches the furthest uh, from its uh, normal state, and then it goes back up, creates a V-shape right around midnight in the data. And this is something that, again, oh. doesn't happen uh, unless, uh, it, I mean, the only correlate with it is our uh human participation in a um, a shared event that brings millions or billions of people into the same frame of mind
2: so dr nelson I, i i can understand based on what you're sharing that uh new year's as an example we are anticipating we're preparing for a party or we're excited or 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 not excited uh whatever the case may be but we know it's coming and we are participating in that collectively i can understand that for mm-hmm. an event that we aren't anticipating like 9 11 or i think you also mentioned in earthquakes that we start to also see the build up in the data how how does that is that explained
3: well it's um, it's interesting uh, and it's something that we've found in uh, what i think of as exploratory further analysis it's uh, not something that we have ever understood or developed a way to study formally but we if we look at the data we find that uh, quite frequently there is this kind of precursor activity. The data start changing well before. So uh, one of the possibilities, um, and, and I think it's the most likely one, is that a global consciousness um, made up of all of us can have a pre- premonition or yeah. a precognition in a way that's very much uh, the same as an individual may have a premonition, a dream that predicts something will happen happen mm. the next day or day following mm. or uh, just a moment a flash of intuition that i need to you know drive over to the side of the road and, and adjust my seatbelt or something you know after which we discover that had we continued driving we'd have been a cr- in a crash in an intersection just oh. ahead this happens to people that it's well documented uh, kind of thing almost everybody has an occasional. Um, surprising uh, premonition or precognition, we mostly just brush it off as thinking, well, it's just a coincidence. But and this people who study these kinds of things, um, work very hard to distinguish um, a, an actual premonition from uh just, uh, just a coincidence. Wow. It is, since these are all over the world, have you
2: found situations where, for example, something that happens, let's say, in Africa that is not necessarily televised, I guess it doesn't have to be televised, the consciousness feels, and that's part of the understanding that we're getting from this data. But uh, I suppose if it is televised, then the data will come from all parts of the world. And if it's not televised or if it's not as big of a of a global event that it's only localized that you see changes
3: well it's yeah that's very interesting uh question or subject and uh, again we have some uh information about that what seems to happen is if it's a what we might call a small event that doesn't involve people all over the world uh, just as you described um, that that event uh, may nevertheless produce an effect in the, in the data, but it will tend to be a little smaller. And the important thing that we have a- been able to discover is that uh, it affects the, de- the devices or the correlations of pairs of devices more in the pairs that, that um, are near this small event, right? Um, if it's a really global event, the data indicate that it always, there's no uh, differentiation with regard to the distance between the devices. Um, Instead, that it's just uh, global in every respect. Something like 9-11, or indeed something like New Year's, even though we celebrate that, um, you know, one time zone at a time, uh, we can pile those up and uh, make a Uh, generalized midnight calculation, right? So um, if it's a really general and really global uh, event, then the whole network uh, responds in pretty much uh, the same way. There's just no differentiation. Whereas if it's a small event, there is a little bit of a localized effect in terms of uh, the, uh, the, the data from pairs that are closer together or closer to that small event
2: this is i think you
3: said it better than i did for book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i i'm getting this from you i have all these great notes from the other day i and as a matter of fact one of the things that i wrote and highlighted is that your mission is to try and persuade people to work on the possibility that we can raise our awareness of this Unconscious connection to
3: the point
2: that we can take advantage of it and
3: do what well with it? Oh, absolutely! Um, for many years, I was just deeply involved in the science, but as uh, nobody would, nobody be surprised that at some point I start thinking, you know, so what does this all mean? What's the point? Yeah, and the point I, I believe really is just as you say that uh, the data are very strongly supportive of the idea uh, or the finding that we are connected at a deep level. It's unconscious, this connection, uh, for the the most part. Most people have no idea and no way of perceiving the connection. But what I hope uh, we can do gradually through talking with people like you and your audience is to convince uh, ourselves um, not just other people, but our, all of us, that we uh, we have the potential of raising up this unconscious uh, connection into awareness and take advantage of it to uh, become, as the sages of all cultures have said, to become one in a, in a functional way. When we uh, do that, as we do that, we'll be able to cooperate and collaborate and create a brighter future. It's my deepest hope that um, before like, civil- civilization collapses and crashes around us, which some people predict <laughs> um, and on good evidence, that we will. Um, Find it um, wise and rewarding to live up to our potentials, to to manifest the potential that we have. We are uh, amazingly capable uh, beings, we human beings. And we're kind of squandering a lot of our capability now.
2: Mm.
3: If we become more conscious of who we are and what we uh, aspire to, I think we will be so much better off individually and of course also as a global consciousness so speaking
2: of individually so since we have most control over ourselves and how we think and how we feel then uh where do we start
3: well that's a, a, a beautifully important question i think my own answer to that is meditation there's a kind of um uh, a a practice of meditation that's uh, of the sort that really just is um, going into yourself and ceasing to be uh, concerned and uh, ceasing to use your energies for concerns and questions and whatnot. And and instead, um, maybe breathing a love into your heart and breathing love out again to the world. That kind of thing Uh, is probably the closest um, that I can come to a recipe for individuals participating in the rest of the world. I mean, compassion I mentioned before and love, those are emotions that connect us. And if we practice those, that unconscious connection that we share with people all over the world will become more manifest. We, um, are fortunate to have examples in our midst now and then. I mentioned um, Thich Nhat Hanh, who is my personal kind of uh, guru, if you will. Um, His idea of meditation was just to be there, you know, be in a calm meditative state. Do, 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 as the Zen Buddhists say, just sitting. That uh, ultimately, uh, I think, is one of the best things. But then um, to be uh, further practical, to go further, we should join with other people. Meditating together with others, with uh, a partner or with a group, it's um, it's, it's an experience worth having. It makes the meditation stronger and clearer and easier. you still are going into yourself, but you're you're aided by the field of consciousness that's that's around you. So there are groups all over the world uh, who are doing things, not just meditation, but other kinds of work toward uh, saving ourselves from the worst excesses of uh, humanity and getting on with the business of building a future that is bright, and
2: it has a place for everyone i love that and and in our conversation you added uh dances and choirs and and of course festivities uh gatherings where we can consciously uh bring consciousness and conscientiousness and and from my experience uh and that i shared in the monologue it's the also the times in between (laughs) right?
3: (laughs) the times in between when we can still we can continue to dance (laughs) nice nice i think uh, i i love it that you bring that up because uh humans uh invented dance and music and rituals before they invented languages i'm quite sure and, mm. and if you think about uh, the, the rituals they have, I mean, they're all different kinds, but most of them are designed to bring us together, to connect us in such a way that we are feeling and perceiving it directly and participating with each other. We're touching each other uh, through the field of consciousness and the, the emotional fields of love and compassion. Dr. Roger Nelson,
2: you've touched us today by sharing in the way that you have and 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 caring in the way that you obviously do. Uh, I, I have been touched and moved by you and your work. and uh, I, I want to remind everybody, Dr. Nelson gave the website earlier. It's Global Dash Mind. Uh, .org, global-mind.org. And there's also gcp2.net. Now we have his, these links, uh, a further explanation about his work and Facebook links at com Go to the page for Dr. Roger Nelson and get all that. But again, global-mind.org. Uh, Dr. Nelson, I truly, this has been an absolute pleasure and a privilege. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, Filippo. I think your work is also, it's a, a major contribution to getting on with the business of becoming fully human.
2: Uh, th- thank you for that. And you mentioned actually when we spoke uh, that a proponent of conscious evolution was Dr. Barbara Marks Hubbard. So we had the pleasure of interviewing her and now the pleasure of interviewing you. And I, I feel that thanks to the work that you two and many others, like you mentioned, HeartMath, etc., have have done. We are hopefully well on our way to how, how did you put it actually on one of your website? Uh, uh, that we can consciously evolve we do not have to say in how hu- we do have a say in how humanity grows into its future we can take control of our destiny and the time for that is ripe. dr roger yep. nelson thank you so much thank you
3: yeah wonderful have a good day
2: wonderful you too thank you so much and with that it is time for our ask Dorothy segment
0: dear Dorothy this is Barbara from North Carolina and I need some advice up until recently I've been able to stay in a peaceful and happy state of mind however with all the recent scary events happening I am having sudden attacks of anxiety and overwhelming fear my heart starts pounding and I begin sweating and my breathing becomes compromised and I simply cannot think clearly the places I used to shop are being ransacked and no one stops the thieves How can i calm myself down and look forward to leaving my house to go out and about like i used to
4: dear barbara these are interesting times indeed and it is more important than ever for us to choose response over reaction let's remember that as the divine children of god that we truly are we are the power in our world So once again, I urge you and all of us to start our day with a prayer of gratitude, thanking the universe for our protection and for the protection of the ones we love. I am sharing with you the prayer of protection that I have used to keep me in a happy state of mind and free from fear. I am the divine child of God. I am the light. I am the power in my world. Only good comes to me and from me and I declare this, In the name of divine love, unalterable and eternal. In the name of divine knowledge, unalterable and eternal. In the name of divine values, unalterable and eternal. In the name of divine wisdom, unalterable and eternal. In the name of divine creativity, action, principle, and work in which we move and have our being. In the name of the power, glory, and grace of the living word of God, with this prayer I know and declare that all evil and every thought inspired by evil is scattered and reduced to nothing. I refuse permission for any living and non-physical being to enter my body, mind, soul, spirit, and energy field for intentions that are other than love. I break all contracts, vows, and agreements I might have made knowingly or unknowingly. In all time, space, and dimension that in any way diminish the fullest expression of my joyful soul essence. I break these agreements from this moment backwards through every experience of my past and from this moment forward until the end of all time. I command that these energies and people to leave my space now. They have no power over me, I have received divine protection from these energies and know that they cannot return to my energy field in any way and for any reason i now build an impenetrable shield of light around me with this hard intention and my free will i thank you god knowing that it is already done and so it is precious barbara I trust you will use this prayer and see how it assists you in taking your power back and assist you in choosing love and peace over fear and distrust.
2: Thank you, Dorothy. And if you have a question for Dorothy, write her at, at lifechangeshow.com. And we'll be right back with our performance guests mustangs of the west here on the life changes show when we come back right after this the little dog that
0: could is the fantastically true story of a man and a little dog that came into his life as his mentor to help him understand the world beyond his human senses and to experience life love and healing beyond his human understanding best-selling author filippo voltaggio who currently hosts the highly regarded life changes show is an internationally known singer, speaker, and life coach. Filippo offers up his own story, how one little surprise package in fur and four legs transformed his life unexpectedly forever and furthered his path of self-discovery. In The Little Dog That Could, Filippo brings to life the meaning of the adage, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. Through the reading of this book, you will experience the journey of real miracles that transcend time, space, and logic while gaining practical tools that will help you navigate your way. The Little Dog That Could is available through Amazon and Barnes & Noble. For more information, visit thelittledogthatcould.com. That's thelittledogthatcould.com.
5: There are self-help seminars costing thousands of dollars guaranteeing miraculous transformations. There are compelling speakers and life-changing weekend experiences where you can walk on fire. They all deliver revelations that guarantee you'll come back for the more expensive revelations filled with even greater wonder next month on Fiji. We get addicted to positive, heartfelt, expensive theater. What we really need is a jump start, an awakening, someone who can give us a reminder that everything we need lies within, Through inspiration and practical knowledge, Dorothy Donahue helps people get grounded and motivated, inspired, and energized. It's not just words and affirmations and the power of intention. It's a mindset brought about by a tangible, transcendental experience, an audiovisual, physical, spiritual experience that helps us realize we transform ourselves. We get tools to become the conscious co-creators of lives of unlimited potential. Find out more. Go to DorothyDonahue.com.
0: You are listening to A Conversation That Matters on The Life Changes Show, broadcasting live from the heart of Los Angeles every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Share the journey with us at lifechangesshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Life Changes Show.
2: Well, I am excited about our performance segment because our performance guests are the band Mustang of the West, and actually most of the band is here. And this is really exciting because we've got Sherry Rain Barnett, we've got Susanna Spring, we've got Holly, well, we don't have Holly Montgomery or uh, Aubrey Richmond, but we do have Suzanne Morissette, Cruz with us. And speaking of Suzanne Morris at Cruz, who helped arrange getting everybody here today, uh, I have to share real quickly. So I have had the pleasure of getting to work with Suzanne for many, many, many years, as uh, she played in many of my bands for many different occasions, as the drummer that she is. And so a few years ago, Uh, we hadn't worked together for a while and i had gone on to do other things i saw a viral video go and i can't i don't know how many people (laughs) sent this to me that said you gotta watch this and it was i am if you haven't seen it just plug it and you'll find it it's still going around uh it was a bride who jumps up on stage with the band in her big wedding dress and all and sits down behind the drum set and starts to drum to the delight of everybody that uh, at the wedding and everybody that has seen it since so that is my friend suzanne morissette drummer of mustangs of the west welcome suzanne to the life changes show
6: thank you filippo thanks for having us on and it's such a pleasure to finally be on since we tried this several years back. But finally, it happened, and, and thank you for having us. We really appreciate it.
2: Oh, it, it's our pleasure, and we wanted that to happen for a while. I know that the band members are, are here and there, and we were doing in studio only. And so uh, but I am happy that you all are together and doing this. I'm excited about the music. I'm holding Mustang of the West Sea of Heartbreak CD and have enjoyed it already. And I have a couple questions about it. But before we move on to any of that, how did you Suzanne get connected with country? Because when I met you, you were French Canadian. In fact, in fact, about as French Canadian as you can get—the uh, province of Quebec, and <laughs> Quebec correct. City.
6: Yes, when French Canadian always is a French Canadian.
2: <laughs>
6: <laughs> but yes, um, yeah, I'm. You know, I've always I I really love all kinds of music, honestly. And jazz was my heart when I knew you, and you know, we played together. In several different occasions, but um, I really like a lot of different kinds of music. And when Sherry um came up to me at the NAM show uh way back in 2017, uh, she came up to me and we just met and had a blast. We just like hung around, and, and then she mentioned to me she was trying to put the band Mustangs back then was the Mustangs back together, and um. So I was like, well, you know, she had they had another drummer, uh, Kathy, and she had mentioned that Kathy was unable to be in the band. So she offered me the position. And when she also told me that my old time friend, my good friend, uh, Holly Montgomery, was going to be on bass, I'm like, okay, it's a yes. (laughs) So it was pretty easy. And, um, you know, and she played me, she said our singer songwriter has this song that I'm convinced is going to be a hit. And uh, I will let the other girls talk about uh, this song. But that I listened to that song and I'm like, oh, wow, this is a beautiful song. And, you know, and I was gladly, um, I gladly said yes and said, yeah, let's do it. I'm in.
2: And and (laughs) here you are. (laughs) And so speaking of Sherry, Sherry, I I know we... We just met yesterday, but I have a feeling like I know you and it actually could be through your uh, other work, which is also artistically as a photographer of of music photographer, right, Sherry? Yes.
7: Yes, that's true. That's true. I've been doing it all my life since uh, since high school. I went to the Fame school in New York City and I oh. majored in I majored in classical guitar and then at night I'd go. You know, running around the streets of Greenwich Village or anywhere where there was music that I was passionate about, and I started uh, photographing musicians for the uh, at that point in time underground newspapers, and um, and then it continued from there. I never stopped shooting, and I and I finally did a book in within the last couple of years called Eye of the Music, mm. and but I continued to play guitar uh, as well. You know, in different. Different formations, different situations, um, but, always, but always a music photographer.
2: So you were one of the originals of Mustangs, it, originally Mustangs, right? And now Mustangs of the West. And then in 2017, what happened?
7: Oh, in 2017, I ju- it really was probably the end of 2016, and I was, I was just thinking. I would see other bands out there that I, you know, I thought, God, that would be really fantastic if this was the time that we had the Mustangs together. And then I realized that maybe we could do that. And I had stayed in touch with Susanna Spring, our lead singer and our main main songwriter. And she had been sending me self-produced CDs and songs along the way. And sometimes she's come to visit. So we, you know, we continued our friendship. And Holly and I had continued our friendship, and um, we were three of the last remaining original Mustangs, and the original Mustangs were together for seven years. So, I just proposed the idea first to Susanna because we needed a voice, and I always thought she was the voice of the Mustangs and and the heart of the Mustangs as far as songwriting, and asked her if she'd like to come down to L. A. to record one of her songs that I had fallen in love with which was t-shirt from California and Holly was coming to LA for another reason so I said let's try and work around that and then I I had known Suzanne drummer Suzanne for you know since you know for years and always wanted to hear her in the Mustangs so as you know I approached her about that and then I had become acquainted with a, a a local LA fiddle player named, named Aubrey Richmond. And I had seen her with another group. And again, I thought, wow, that would, she would have been the perfect member of the Mustangs, but you know, oh no, the Mustangs aren't together. So that's, and then I went, well, maybe we can do it. So anyway, the five of us came together, a couple of band members literally met each other two days before we went in and recorded t-shirt from California. I set up a, uh, a recording session with uh, good graces of my friend Snuffy Walden, who's a very famous guitar player and composer, and uh, we we went in and shot not only we went in and not only recorded the song but we also shot a video.
2: And that song is uh, we're going to get to hear it now. But before we do, so Susanna, I, I understand this is where it all began for you as well, although. It, I mean, how does one say that it, it, it's all begun when we're born? And then you, you were doing the band and then you went to Nashville and actually started working with the big record company. And so you were, you've always been in the heart of this, uh, but this is this song. Um, uh, I want to know what it was inspired by, and I'm hoping it's not a personal story. <laughs> <laughs> but those, the-
8: they always say the personal is what's universal. But um, I will tell you that I can remember when um, this song came came to me. Um, I always had a couch in my little place in Nashville, and I would sit there and kind of strum and hum and work on melodies. And the chorus for this song, which you all will hear, came first, uh, and it really came out of... Um, The fact that even though i loved nashville creatively um, i was a staff songwriter for some music publishers which was a very fun and and very odd job you know you would uh i said three 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 you would write um you could write three times a day they encouraged co-writing because then more than one person could you know uh, from each publisher could pitch the song so i worked on this chorus and then i got together with um uh, West Hightower, who was a session singer there in Nashville, and also um, a, a good writer, and brought in the chorus. And uh, the chorus was really all the things that I missed about California. I you know, mm. checked a lot of the places. Um, I'm in Northern California now, but prior to moving to Nashville, I had lived in LA, and that's how I met the other band members. So it had everything that I loved. And then we sat down and crafted the verses, which made it that kind of Midwestern um, uh, soap opera that it is. (laughs) um, It's kind of a sad song, but I have to say that we called it. um, it, It's a sad song with a great hook. And we called the song um, She's Got Your Heart because the chorus ends with that. And then, of course, staying in touch with uh, the wonderful Sherry. When I played her that song, she said, oh, no, no, no. You have the title all wrong. Um, that song is called t-shirt from California. <laughs> no, it is. No
2: Sold. I mean, listen
8: to it as she's got your heart. And so, um, she won me over with it. We actually went back to the publisher and, you know, did it, um, and also known as for the song. So, uh, and cha- officially changed the title. So the, the lyrics itself, even the verse lyrics mention a lot of things about California, um. And we also uh, kind of crafted it, you'll hear, with uh, some real sunny sort of Beach Boys harmonies, which um, maybe balanced the story to the song. So I don't want to say it's one of those angry young women songs, but I guess it is in a way. Um, but it, but uh, we always felt like the the chorus was so strong with the song and the band took to it. And like Sherry said, this actually was the song we went in and recorded. And this is the song that got us our record deal Um, Sherry took this song around to record labels in LA and um, got a meeting with Kirk Passage through a mutual friend and he heard it and invited us into the studio I think Clear Lake Audio to do basically a long uh, audition. The band, we we played about six original songs and we played them and played them and he had us change the key and change the tempo and
2: different
8: producers would sort of amble into the studio and he would say oh this so-and-so is just stopping by but you know they were stopping by <laughs> to listen yeah. and to give him yeah. an opinion on you know what what they thought of the band and at the end of that night he said well let's go out let's all go out to dinner how would you guys like a record deal so <laughs> quite of an amazing story and it really it really came from this song
1: Uh,
2: this is so good so we're gonna have the pleasure of hearing this song it's t-shirt from california now the version did you do two versions because this is the version that came out uh as a single but is it the same version that's included in 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 the second album
8: i believe uh sherry was this a remix i think they for the second album i'm trying to remember
7: i'm not certain i i if If anything, it's really, really close. You're not going to be able to tell the difference.
8: It sounds very, very similar. And um, because we had released it prior to, you know, shopping the song around for a deal. So, but...
2: But, Well, this is this is a good version whichever one it is and i'm sure they're all good it it got me too and uh i've enjoyed it several times uh, since i received this song so here is it here it is for all of you to enjoy as well here are mustangs of the west performing their pre-recorded song that set this all up to the next level for them here is t-shirt from california on the life changes show
1: You said you wanted to go wild west But you said nothing about someone else You just wanted to reinvent yourself Far away from these Midwest checkerboard fields You say the ocean shines like a diamond There's sunlight It's the sea in her eyes, the sun in her hair. I got a t shirt from California. It says sunset for the heart. I got talk and talk about the view from the canyon or the drive up to Malibu. You never talk about me and you. Guess you got a new life, got a new attitude. I got a t-shirt from California. It says sun It's just another souvenir You said you might be Needing some of your stuff So I took the liberty Of piling it up With a couple of extra things I just got packed That she may as well have Cause I'm sending them back i got a t-shirt From California It sells It's at Sunset Boulevard. Said nothing about someone else
2: And there it is, t-shirt from California, Mustangs of the West. Find them at Mustangs of the West, just like it sounds.com. That's their website. And then they're on Facebook and Instagram. Look them up, Mustangs of the West. And we have their links. As a matter of fact, uh, a great uh, video of how blue, uh, which is very cool. Videos are great, by the way, and the songs are great. So good, good, good on good on y'all. Uh, go to lifechangeshow.com and find their links, find more about their story and how they've come to be. And that brings me to Sherry. Uh, what What's next? What can we look forward to for Mustangs of the West going forward?
7: Well, I presume you're talking about 2024, which is coming up fairly soon. Yes. And uh, we, well, we're hoping to get out and play more, of course. And, uh, uh, but in the meantime, well, right now we have a Christmas single out, uh, which is called um, Everybody Wants Peace on Earth. Oh. And it's uh, uh, it's actually a song. It's it's a pretty universal song. I, um, Susanna and Holly and I wrote it. And it's it's kind of our our version of, um, you know, John and Yoko's, you know, eternal peace song war is over Mm -hmm. and at least that's the way I see it but um it's also a song with a few lyrical lyrical changes we could you know turn into an everyday song um I think it's just a positive message and then uh we've got two albums out in 2023 which very exciting um and the second album is a little more of a compilation that just came out that has t-shirt from California because we had some singles like T-shirt that were only released digitally before this. So we have some new songs, then um, kind of a, not a retrospective since we haven't been together as the new band for that many years, but we have singles that were not available in physical CD form as well on the second album, down at the Palomino. And speaking of the Palomino, there's going to be a documentary called Palomania about the world-famous Palomino Club that in North Hollywood where people, you know, played for decades. It was just a center of country music, basically country rock. And we used to play there as the original band. So we were Susanna and I were interviewed for the documentary and that's coming out in early 2024. So all of those things could congeal, come come together, I think
2: very nice well let us let us know and especially when the uh christmas song comes out that's that's exciting we need a song another song like that as many as we can get uh and i i have to say suzanne i've heard you sing many times on the band with me and that was always a fun moment in in the uh in the band Uh, but I wasn't expecting to hear you sing on this album. So when I was listening to Sea of Heartbreak and I came up to uh, learning the game, there you were. (laughs) Tell us about that. It's a Buddy Holly song, right?
6: Yes. Um, Yeah, that was, that was very interesting when uh, um, Kirk Passage, our executive producer came, we were in the studio in the process of recording and there was a few days left and, he was still looking for one or two covers uh for the band to do and uh he loves to do that bring us some covers and try to see what we can do and make them sort of our own and uh he brought up this buddy holly song and we just kind of all listened to it and we're like you know just wondering how we could make this our own and uh and then he played us a different version of the his of that song learning the game by a band called black tie um that was a band um the band uh of uh, randy we just lost him um uh sherry remind me (laughs) um, randy meissner thank you uh who just passed that was his band and he played us that version and we're like he said what about doing something more in that vein something like that and then and then Holly said, our bass player, Holly said, why don't you have sing- Suzanne sing this one? <laughs> so that's how it happened. And we were, you know, I was like, okay, I guess I could give it a shot. So we did that. And then in the, when I was in the booth singing my, my part, um, my lead, uh, I was warming up with singing uh, the French song, La Vie en Rose. <laughs> Just to warm nice. up with. <laughs> And then he said, wait, he said, we should do a French version of this song.
2: Ah.
6: So he had me after I did uh, my track that I sang my track. Uh, he had me in the back. He said, you have to come up with the French translation of this. And then we'll do a version in French, which is on our newest album uh, on down at the Palomino. So. That's kind of nice. the story of how it happened.
2: <laughs> what a great story. Well, I look forward to hearing that version too. And and yeah. speaking of, of collaborations and other band members, this song that we're going to hear now, Crooked Road. Uh, Susanna, you wrote this with somebody very special from a special band. Tell us about the story behind the song.
8: Uh, Crooked Road was a song that I wrote with uh, Rusty Young from Poco. And we have some... Our our label has some interesting connections to Rusty, but at the time, I was living in Nashville, and I met Rusty through a songwriter friend of mine, a um, wonderful singer named Michael Kelsch. And I was writing for Blue Water Music at the time, and Rusty and I decided to um, make a writing appointment date and sat down, uh, and I believe he had brought in the, the title, you know, um, Crooked Road and that line, how can love uh, go straight to your heart? be such a crooked road so we crafted the song from there the verses and the that second part of the chorus and to me it's just such a a a song that wouldn't have been out of place for poco it's got lovely lovely melody line in the chorus and we did a what you often do for a publisher just do a little uh, working demo they call it and turn that into the publisher so i turned it into blue water and At the time that we wrote that song, um, you know, publishing and song topics kind of cycle through in Nashville like everything else. And the songs that were popular at the time were um, honky-tonk songs and drinking songs uh, and faster songs. And here was this kind of mid-tempo, very wistful song about um, love and why love doesn't always work out. And so uh, we turned it in, you know, we didn't uh, go further with it and we both uh forgot about it and then years later after we got our deal on blue elon and of course now we're on the um blue elon imprint kzz we found that uh kirk had connected with rusty because kirk passage or label head was a big poco fan and he had signed rusty young to a solo deal so rusty started coming out to los angeles and that's how uh we met him and we ended up uh I, I sang on a duet with Rusty. He played steel actually on some of our songs, our song Time off of the first album mm. and just some wonderful tracks. And if you've ever seen him uh, in the studio, he's just makes it look absolutely effortless. The first take is always something pretty, pretty ma- magical. And we all felt that he had a lot of music left in him and he was writing more for a second solo album and, and he passed away suddenly um, in 2021. And that fall, we were scheduled to turn in songs and, and start build, building and writing and collecting songs for our second album. So uh, I was looking through my files for see if I had any songs that maybe we hadn't looked at or had overlooked for this mustangs of the west record and that i had some lyrics in my hand and that lyric sheet fell out of the pile onto the floor and i honestly uh, had not thought of it before then and i saw mm. crooked, you know rusty young susanna spring so i went digging and called my publisher and said do you still have a little recording of that song um and i wow. looked through little work tapes and we found something and i sent it to kirk and said you know uh, this song sort of unearthed itself, you know, do you want to hear it? And he did, and he played it for a couple of other producers, um, Dave Darling, I believe, and and they said, we think this is a hit song. Um, you all have to put it on your new album. And so we did. We went in and and recorded it. Um, it's got beautiful Mustangs of the West, um, three and four-part harmonies and counterpoint, Um, Little lines from Sherry, uh, from Holly and Aubrey, and it just turned out great. And it's actually um, our radio single that um, is getting some airplay and some charting on some of the course. That- it is music charts.
2: Of course, so, it is
8: <laughs> pretty <laughs> interesting story of how songs find their time. You know, you can't can't ever discount a song. Sometimes they show up right exactly when they need to.
2: Well, and the song uh, lyrics speak for themselves very touching and uh, very clever and very enjoyable. So we're going to get to hear it now here on the Life Changes show. Here's Mustangs of the West pre-recorded song uh, on their uh, album Sea of Heartbreak, Crooked Road.
1: straight shot. No way to get turned around. From here to there, you can't get lost. No surprises, no wrong way. Why can't love be that way? How can love crooked road how can we keep from drifting apart when love's such a crooked road how can love go straight to your heart to be such a crooked road
2: Well, you can hear Mustangs of the West uh, live, hopefully soon, somewhere in a city near you. In the meantime, you could learn more about them and get their music at Mustangs of the West.com. Find them on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. We have their links. Uh, basically, it's Mustangs of the West, but we have their links on uh, lifechangeshow.com. Uh, enjoy them and uh, as much as we've enjoyed having all of you on the show sherry susanna and suzanne thank you so much for bringing all of this uh to the life changes show today
7: yeah thanks for having you you. happy to be here
2: (laughs) it's it's been a pleasure and i can't wait to see you all live uh performing in person so all the best to all of you Thank you so much.
6: Thank you. Thank you.
2: And with that, that is our show. On behalf of our executive producer, Dorothy Lee Donahue and our executive producer and co-host, Mark LeJure, I am your host, Filippo Voltaggio, reminding you that as your life changes, like ours surely did tonight, we're here for you. Ciao, everyone. You have been listening to The Life Changes Show
0: on the BBS Radio Network. Listen live every Monday night at 7 p.m. Pacific Time and visit us online at lifechangesnetwork.com, on Facebook at The Life Changes Show, and on Twitter at Life Changes Show. Join us again next week as we consciously explore and embrace the only constant, Life Changes. The Life Changes Network is an entertainment network. The views and opinions expressed are those of the guests and participants and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Life Changes.